All right, I'm here today with the legendary Rakalan Bob Moses. Um, you know, you all know who Bob is. He's a he's become a personal friend of mine. We, I was fortunate to have him as a guest artist at Furman University, where I teach, a few years ago, and uh, we're just going to jump into it. Uh, Bob, how are you doing today? I'm all right. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. How about you? You okay? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm happy to have good. you here finally, man. We've been talking about doing this for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, I just thought I'd ask you, I mean, you and I have had hours and hours of conversations, but uh, I just thought I'd ask you to to talk a little bit about your, talk about what your projects are that you were, that you were telling me about your upcoming projects. Well, there's uh, so many, I can't even, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I just had uh, three that came, that came out uh, on, already done on uh, Rock Alarm Records, which you can find on. Uh, you know, digitally, uh, if you run into me, you can actually get physical copies. That's probably the only place you'll find them. Um, but they're also available on Bandcamp uh, due to a friend of mine, uh, Damon Smith, bass player, great, great and wild, unusual, crazy bass player who lives in St. Louis. And we uh, we did a swap. He put, I gave him some of my artwork because he's really into art and oh, his yeah. wife works in the museums and He's, he's an art lover, so he likes my painting. So he said, how much for you in a painting? And I said, well, uh, I'll give you one if you get, if you, uh, get my stuff up on Bandcamp. So he, yeah. he has almost my whole catalog. It's, I don't know if he got the new ones up yet because he's been traveling, but uh, he's got over 20 up, which is great. And, you know, I, I see a little, a little, you know, every once in a while, I see a ka-ching, seven dollars, you know, yeah. ka-ching, five and a half dollars. Um, but I like, I just like that. Um, it's another way that my stuff is available to people. Sure. Um, I had been saying to myself that, uh, and really believing it to be true for quite a while now that I really don't care if I have an audience, if anybody listens to what I'm doing or understands it or likes it, yeah. um, it's really for my own healing, yeah. uh, be quite honest about it. But then I've come to realize as I've got older and I put so much work into these things that I would like people to hear them. Uh, yeah, sure. You know, it doesn't have to be a lot of people, but I'd like some people who are sympathetic um, to the direction of freedom and spirituality and music uh, would would probably dig it because uh, I do I like I said I do I have put a lot of work and effort into these recordings. Absolutely. And uh, so yeah, I would I would like to hear them. I'm I'm terrible with uh, any promotion. I have no gift for it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know. So any, anyway, another it's another uh, possibility is just that people can get the stuff through Bandcamp and. Uh, yeah, I got a bunch in the a bunch in the works. Really, I think it's not egoic to say that I've already done some masterpieces. In fact, going way back, I think "Bittersweet in the Ozone," my first one as a leader, that's 1973. It's kind of a masterpiece. Absolutely, if I do say so. Now. Classic. Uh, but um, the best stuff hasn't even come out yet. I bet my best stuff is still to come. And the, uh, there's a date with Edgar Bateman that will be coming at some point. Uh, it was recorded in 206. Don't ask me what why it took this long. It's a long and boring story, but um, it's almost done now. That'll be a double CD yeah. called uh, 
Creative Infinity and Love Eternal. And that's with Edgar Bateman and Rock Along. And he was uh, my drum hero. Uh, he's the greatest drummer I ever heard. His name is Edgar Bateman. A lot of people not hip to him, but I thought that when I first heard him, when I was like a teenager, and I thought that at the end. Uh, he passed, you know, shortly after that record was made, actually. But I have the mother load. There's very little of him on recording, unfortunately. The, I, I will mention one uh, where you can get some idea of how great he is, is, is a record called Urge, which is uh, Ted Curson, trumpet player, used to play with Mingus and... Yeah. and um, Bill Barron, I think that's Ken, Kenny Barron's older brother, played saxophone. Jimmy Woody and no piano. And I think the, the fact that no piano kind of opens up more space for the drums in a certain way. And uh, yeah, you get a certain idea of how great Bateman is. That's a very obscure record. It was a Dutch label called Fontana, I believe. But I have noticed that somebody did put it up on YouTube. So anybody's interested in hearing some Edgar Bateman can check that record out. The drumming is fantastic. And uh, then the record that I'm working on, um, which is pretty close. Um, that one, uh, I got to, you know, it's going to be a double LP and I would like to master it. And, you know, so money does become an issue. It slows me down a little bit. Also, uh, the engineer that I've been working with that has all the files and has all this material was going to move to Memphis with me and then didn't at the last minute. So he's still in Boston. So that slowed me down on some of these projects too, not to, you know, but uh, I bought a newer computer with the goal is to be, um, um, do long distance mixing, which I know is quite possible to do. Yeah. But for someone like me, that's a tech moron, it took me two hours just to figure out how to turn, to turn the thing on. <laughs> and, that, and that was with my friend who's a computer ace helping me. So, but I think I have all the ingredients now. I, I just have to get, I got to get a tech person over here someday. I'll pay them some bread to yeah. help me get that process going. And we'll, you know, uh, the idea will be that he'll, he can show me a screen. He can send what he's working on to my screen so I can sure. see uh, what we usually see when we mix together. Sure. And I did, I did go up to Boston for a couple of weeks, uh, like two months ago, uh, mostly to work with him. And we got a lot of work done, but still some of the most major ones um, still need to be finished, including the one with Edgar Bateman. Um, with the drumming is unbelievable on that. Not me, him, his drumming, but I was barely hanging on um, to keep up with him. And he was like, I think 77 at the time and doing 400 push-ups every day. You know, he was a very strong cat. Um, but also uh, there's a groove date that I've been working on for over 15 years. It has all kinds of amazing people on it. That And that one's going to be a little more, even more complicated to finish, but I do intend to finish it. Most of the music I've been doing lately is what some people would call free music or free jazz or something, you know, uh, with, without bar lines, with, with very little, if any, composition sometimes. Um, but I, I did have, I felt I had one more groove record in me. Yeah. Um, and also to pay tribute to how I started in music, which was um, playing with salsa bands, you know, uh, when I was a kid and playing for dancers, you know, I love the dance, danceable music. 
and grew up with that stuff. And as a teacher, I always recommend that people don't skip that, that they don't go right to jazz, that they can play some funk or calypso or reggae or Afro pop or, 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 or salsa or something that people can dance to because that's kind of the fundamental roots. And also it's a great service to people. I had a band called Mozamba. That, well, that was more in the 80s, uh, late 80s, early 90s. It was a killer dance band. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I, like I say, I started with that kind of music and I, I feel like I'm really uh, an extra, extraterrestrial who's visiting Earth. That's how it feels like to me. And, and yet, but I've been on Earth long enough to have observed certain things. For, well, for one thing, to be grateful that the Earth people have, by and large, treated me really well. Um, you know, uh, so I feel like I owe the Earth people something. And I know that Earth people really like to dance. And it's good, it's good service to the people to play some non-egoic uh, groove music. But of course, all the free playing that I've doing, have been doing has affected how I play groove. So there's more, I would say, air or transparency. You know, people who play rock, you know, well, check the word, rock, you know, it's heavy, it's solid, you know. Um, I'm finding that my grooves are more like light, you know, like, like when light comes through a window, you can put your hand through it. Yeah. Uh, you can't put your hand through rock unless maybe you're a martial arts uh, karate guy. <laughs> and even then, I think wood, maybe, you know, yeah. not rock. You know. So um, anyway, uh, it's, it's another one that I want to finish. That's another one that I have a tentative title for that would be a, a, The Dance of Life. And um, the first piece on there is uh, it, it's, it's gongs and cymbals and metallics played with hands which is something that I don't even know if I've ever heard on the record. Usually it's got a mallet or something. And that's, that's, it's quite beautiful and ethereal, but it's grooving too at the same time. It's soulful like a Marvin Gaye tune or something. And very simple. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so that's one project that I, I need to finish. Um, I got about 15 that are in various states of, uh, some are very close, some need a lot of work. There's another one called Peace Universal that's an important project. That one's pretty close, but again, uh, designing, the, it's going to be a double CD, so getting it mastered and designing the cover, it's going to probably deserves a booklet. Um, that what might slow me down on that a little bit. Uh, of course, that costs some bread and also time to do the design. Um, but that record was came about... Um, from something, I mean, the origins was something that the great bass player Steve Swallow said to me many, many years ago. I don't, I don't remember because, like, chronology is my worst subject. But years and years ago, he said to me, he said, "You know, you're a great composer. You should write more." And first of all, I said, well, "No, I don't think so. You're, you're a great composer. I don't know about me." He said, "No." He said, "You are." I said, "Well, thank you. Uh, coming from you, that's." You know, that's big. So I appreciate yeah, that. Sure. He said, uh, you should write more. And I remember saying, but Swallow, I've got like about 500 tunes, envelopes on the floor because yeah. I do them ha by hand on paper, like old school, not with a computer. And uh, and they're like, and out of the 500, probably 490 have never been played. And yeah. 
might never will be played. So I said to him, do I really need more paper laying around? It's not like I enjoy writing. I'd, I'd rather, well, now I'm too old and frail, but I'd rather play basketball or go swimming or play some drums and sit down and write something. You know, yeah. um, It's not something I do for pleasure. Um, but so I said, so what's the point of having more of this paper around? And he, he said to me, uh, well, it doesn't matter. You should do it anyway. Yeah, because uh, you're good at it. And he said, uh, he said, promise me you write a song every Christmas. You write a composition every Christmas. So why Christmas? You know, because I grew up as an atheist Jew. I don't know, but okay, Christmas, fair enough. I, I have a, a good feeling about uh, the one they call Jesus. Um, I have no idea what he really was, if he actually existed, you know, anything, because that was a long time ago. My intuitive feeling is that he was the real deal, if, if not the son of God, at least a holy man who was trying to bring some, some light and truth and compassion and healing to people. That's my feeling about him. And so I, I write these. So I've, I've actually honored that prom. I promised him I would. And with a few years that was, you know, circumstances got in my way, I've done a piece every Christmas. And sometimes I really don't feel like it, but I go, oh, God, I promise swallow. Uh, so I go to the piano and those ones come out a, a little weird, you know, but they're all, they're all, um, let's say, positive meditations on Jesus. Um, and my idea of Jesus as, as a healer, as a redeemer, bringing, someone bringing light. And if nothing else, he was a cra another crazy Jew, and I can I can relate to him on that level. So, they're all prayer songs. Some are a little weird, but they're but they're still like heart songs, you know, prayer songs and yeah. devotional sacred songs. Anyway, the one that I wrote, I I don't even remember now. I think it's either two seventeen, two sixteen, or two seventeen. It's called uh, Peace Universal. Although I wait, I, I may wind up uh, calling it uh, Peace Universal in Portuguese, just because it, it sounds nicer and sexier in Portuguese, uh, but whatever, it's Peace Universal, and I particularly like that one. I like all of them, or I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep them, I wouldn't say them, you know. Uh, so I had the idea of having people from, oh, oh and the thing I should, should mention is that these compositions are, are written, uh, at, least, at least the last 20 years or so, they've been written uh, with no bar lines, so obviously no time signature, right. uh, rubato, right. pre, um, no chord symbols. Um, so uh, no key signature, no time signature, no chord symbols, no no uh, no key signature. Also, like each note is it's if it needs a sharp, I put a sharp. If it's a natural, I put a natural. So there's no like uh, you know we're in the key of A or something like that. So. Um, and then also, uh, so basically just a melody and a title. Okay? Yeah. And the reason I've been writing this way is to encourage uh, maximum freedom uh, from the players so, uh, and creativity. And, you know, they can take it wherever they want. And if, and if you're a piano player or a guitar player or a chordal instrument, you can harmonize them however you like. And if, if you're a saxophone player, maybe you're not playing chords, but the, you can take the harmonic implications wherever, wherever you, you want to go. So uh, anyway, that's another project that I really want to finish. And I've got people from uh, 
many, many countries who did their version. So it's going to be a double album. And I have to edit it down to make it fit a double album. It's going to, I, I could almost do a triple album, but I, it's double album is already going to be, you know, <laughs> more than enough and expensive to finish. Um, but it's, it, is a, it is a masterpiece. I mean, and I've got people from, uh, man, from Ecuador, from Brazil, from Italy, from the Netherlands, from Germany, from Korea, uh, oh, man from Puerto Rico, from U.S., of course, um, from Turkey, a lot of different countries, from Hungary. We have this guy, Tony Lakatos, a Hungarian gypsy saxophone player, did a very beautiful version. Um, it's great singer, Theo Blechman. He's uh, originally, originally German, but lives in New York. Brilliant cat, did like a thing with eight voices, overdubbed. It's, Incredible. Uh, got some fam some fairly famous people that you'd heard of. Dave Liebman is on there. Uh, Bill Frizzell did two beautiful versions. Um, uh, Jerry Bergonzi, Tony DeGrati, people, but also uh, some people you probably not have heard of, but they're all visionary, brilliant in their own way. Some young people um, who are on that path and, and brilliant in their own in their own right, you know. Um, so yeah, I've had Russia, Italy, I mean, kind of a lot of countries. And um, so I'm in the process of finishing that one. Um, so, you know, I got a lot of work to do uh, that I, I uh, this, you know, I may not get all of them done while I still have a body, um, but I've even been making some plans. If I have any money to leave, which hopefully I will have a, a little bit, I'm gonna leave some bread with my son. And he said, he said, I don't need your money, Dad. I said, I, I know that, but I want, you know, I want, who else am I going to leave it to? You know, uh, he's my one, you know, one and only kid. So, uh, and I love him dearly. And I know he'll use it wisely, uh, might, might help him. But I said, but also he could help pay that engineer. I'm going to give him a list of records that are, uh, you know, that would be my priority, prioritized. I'm giving him a list of, and so they can finish some of these things after I'm gone. Um, that my son Raphael will will help with that. He said definitely he would do that. And so I'm hoping I have some money left. Uh, um, at this point, I do. I have a little bit of savings, you know. So, uh, so hopefully they'll maybe they'll all come out. But I want to finish the most important ones. I want to finish while I'm still in the body. Like those three that I mentioned are big: the Edgar Bateman date, the Groove date, and uh, Peace Universal. Um, Oh, there's one with uh, Gaia, the, uh, the, the great composer, Gaia Wilmer. She's kind of a genius uh, composer. I would say she's um, a Hermeto, uh, man, D11's level composer, um, arranger, also a great saxophone player, but she's a great writer. Com her compositions are really special. So, uh, you know, I've been doing these sonic beds. That's another thing that I think, did I ever send them to you? Yeah, Keith? yeah, you sent those to me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, that, you know, for the people who don't know what that is, I'm up to 11 CDs worth, although lately we're not making CDs anymore. We don't need to, but, um, which means they can go longer than 74 minutes. Um, but what the beds are, they're me. Some more of those, man. I'll have to get you to send me some more of those if you've added some. Well, I got, I, I, I got easily accessible eight, nine, ten. 10 and 11. And 11 in itself is over two hours of uh, material. I think 25 different uh, 
beds. The, the sonic beds, what they are is a percussive bed or whatever instruments I'm using, I'll play whatever I got. If I have it, I'll play it. Um, uh, overdubbed a few times. So the simpatico zone of sound, and they're meant to, they're not meant to be solos. In other words, not meant to be interesting enough in themselves, although probably some of them are, um, could stand on their own, but they're meant to be played over or, you know, improvised over, composed over. Um, some of them, like, like Beds 8, for example, is uh, mostly time grooves, the things that are in, in groove, a lot of things in 6, because that's kind of my core rhythm. And then uh, 9 and 10 are mostly free, or what, what's, what we call Rubato, Rubatsky, Rubatskovich, uh, uh, floating. Uh, 11 is mostly grooves, again, mostly time stuff, and, and a, lot, a lot of them using these, uh, my... The kungas that I got recently that are just a beautiful instrument. I bought these uh, Giovanni Hidalgo uh, model galaxy kungas, and man, there's they they sound so good. Uh, you know, I don't even want to go to the drum set after I play the kungas because they're so pretty. And also playing with hands, which I've been doing a lot more on the drum set as well. Those hands just sound sweeter than sticks. Sticks are a little hard. Sticks are made of wood, and there's a harshness. To them, although I'm trying to make the wood when I play the drums with the sticks, I'm trying to make them sound more like hands. But I do also do a lot with hands these days, and sometimes one stick and one hand, which is again something you find in Brazilian music, African music. Um, so that that's another one. Uh, um, she okay. So a guy, I, I I love her composition so much. Um, I I thought you know. I asked her quite a few years ago, four or five years ago, to, uh, why don't you write some stuff over my beds? I gave her a bunch of these beds and we'll make a record together. You know, your compositions over my sonic beds, right? You can choose the musicians that you want to use. And anyway, it was just talk for a long time because uh, she had to go back to Brazil. The whole COVID thing came in and that slowed everything down. Um, but anyway, just this last April, um, the eight April before this one, but a year ago, I guess, basically about a year ago, uh, she finally got, went in a studio in New York and recorded it and with an unbelievable group of musicians, including George Garzon, who's like wow. heavily featured and he's amazing on the date, and a bunch of great players, a piano player from Argentina, Leo Genovese is on it. And, uh, everybody on it is just brilliant. Gaia herself is a saxophone player. Um, so it's a, uh, it's some, I'm not even sure the names of all the people who are playing. There's some woman singing, a great singer and a flute player. It's fantastic. Uh, a bunch of women playing, which is nice to include more women in, in the projects. I always, I always like that whenever it can be. Uh, anyway, so that's a masterpiece. I mean, her, her writing, because the, the beds are very organic. It's almost like you're, you're in the forest, or you're in the woods, and out of the woods, this classical orchestra is kind of emerging out of this organic thing, and, and it's beautiful. My only suggestion to her, because her, you know, her, like I say, her writing is just the highest, you know, I said, but have some free playing as well, so it's not all written. So it's a beautiful mix, like even while you're hearing these beautiful written 
melodies and counter melodies. You're also hearing somebody blowing and just going off like playing like the wind. So it's, it's highly written and yet highly free and organic. It's like no other record I ever heard. Um, and so that one is uh, close. <laughs> it's close. This one's close. That's one of the ones that I worked on when I was up in Boston. I um, really was uh, I'm wait, kind of waiting on her to to make any like long distance tweaks or improvement or anything she wants to change. And I totally trust her too, in her case too. In, in general, I've, I'm determined to be like uh, um, less Virgo moon. I'm, I'm very strong Virgo moon, which means kind of um, perfectionist in a way. When I did uh, one of one of the records that's on that's out already is one a duo record with Dave Liebman yeah. um, called a, a Music from a Parallel Dimension, yeah. and a duo date. It was recorded at Jordan Hall at, at NEC where I used to work, yeah. and beautiful sound. Also had access to great piano, yeah. uh, the Hamburg Steinway. At one point, me and Liebman both played the same piano. <laughs> I took the bass, of course. I took the bass. He took the high shit. Um, that, that's a wild track, actually. It's one with me on piano and him on soprano. We also got to use timpani because, you know, they had all that stuff backstage. I never get to play timpani, but I was, I, there's a, the track with the timpani is quite beautiful. And um, anyway, what made me think of, of that one? I don't know. There was a reason. Uh, uh, I'm tired. I, I forget. I, I start something. I go off on a tangent, and I forget why uh, I was mentioning that that project. Well, it, you know, for those who are interested. Oh, oh, I know what it was. Yeah, it was that we did we did like 25 mixes, and people couldn't believe it. Like, why would you do 25 mixes? Just a duo record, right? But when you're mixing, one of the most important things, one of the most fundamental, there's a lot of subtle little things, but the, the kind of fundamental thing is getting boom to bap ratio, or let's say bass to treble ratio. So, so you have, so it's balanced, you know, you have enough bottom to support the top, right? And you don't want all, you don't want either top or bottom to be too dominant, you know, you want it to be more or less. And uh, on a record with no bass player, it was very important getting, you know, I do the double bass drum thing, but getting the bass drums just right. I don't want them too heavy. I don't want too much bass. It's not a reggae record, you know, or Calypso where they got the pounding bass um, or some of the hip hop shit. I hear people in my neighborhood drive by in the car, the bass could, from four blocks away could knock yeah. it down, you know. Sure. Um, but I didn't want it strong enough to support Levy when he's up on the soprano and such. So, uh, now again, I, I think if I did it now, it wouldn't take twenty. We, we've we've been, we've upped our game too. So if we did it now, it would wouldn't be twenty four, twenty five mixes, be maybe ten or twelve. But I'm I'm determined to be less uh, Virgo Moon about stuff, and also let other people, um, you know, finish. Oh, there's one that just came out that I should send you if I have. I don't remember if I haven't or probably I haven't. Then make sure text me with your. Street address. I may have it, but just in yeah, case. Yeah, um, maybe you've moved since then, anyway. But uh, we're talk after this is over. But uh, uh, the last one is that, that I have physical copies is is a duo record with a brilliant uh, 
piano player named Mike Roloffs. And he also has been on the Peace Universal project too, because he did a two incredible, or three incredible versions. I think I'm only using two because I had to, again, I had some, some brutal editing. Um, and this duo record is quite beautiful. It's called, it's called Light in the Darkness. And almost all the compositions are these compositions of mine with no bar lines or no chord symbols. And the way he played them, I mean, well, some of the pieces are just so beautiful. I was crying. It, it sounded like Bach or something to the point. I said, man, I wrote that. Oh, man. but of course, it's what he made of it um, that made it special. And, and he's um, far more than a piano player. He On this recording alone, he plays balafone. He plays uh, melodica. He, he's, the, he's easily the best whistler I've ever heard. He sounds like Coltrane whistling. Uh, yeah, he plays Hammond organ, he sings, you know, so he's, uh, so, you know, it's not just piano and drums and the same, uh, some of them were also based on beds. So I got me playing bass on a couple of things and some of them got uh, me doing bass beds and um, different instruments, water phones. And so it's got a lot of texture, but most of the compositions are actually my, uh, my melodies. Uh, and it's beautiful. Anyway, I, he took a, he took it upon himself to do. Um, I don't know. I think we did the mixes, but he did the mastering, editing, made the cover. He used my artwork. He did a beautiful version. His I think his wife uh, um, did did the design. It's gorgeous. And and took it upon himself to make LPs, which you know, uh, I listened to the LP just for the first time. I think yesterday. I, you know, when I first got it, I just flipped on the CD because it was easier. And then uh, last night, I think, or the day before, I don't know, just very recently, I put on the, the LP. What a difference. Wow. Uh, the, I, man, on the LP, it's really, I heard all the subtleties. Uh, and it's really another record that's a masterpiece and, and very beautiful. I mean, he has the uh, like kind of classical beauty of a Bill Evans or a Steve Kuhn or Keith Jarrett kind of thing, but with a much more open sensibility, you know, like uh, take it anywhere, you know, not not necessarily stuck in the jazz language to a certain extent, or standards or this kind of thing, or swing like that, he'd go anywhere. So he's brilliant cat. And, and uh, you know, again, it was uh, another example of me saying, yeah, you do it, man, you know, uh, and, and he took that so, a little bit of the responsibility off. So I'm learning to be uh, less Virgo Moon so that I can get these things out and get them finished, you know, uh, not be so picky about things, you know. Uh, and uh, but, uh, so I'm determined to finish them, uh, finish as many as I can. And I am determined to, to wring every last bit of juice out of um, this uh, decayed, decrepit body of mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's my story. Yeah, it sounds like you're doing a good job, man. Well, it's, you know, it's keeping me, uh, you know, it's in inspired. And, and uh, you know, I'm at the age that I'm in the last quarter. There's no question about that. Uh, I was thinking the other day, I'm, I'm hoping for triple triple overtime. Let's go to triple overtime. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, single overtime, we're still tied. It's double overtime, it's still tie game. Triple overtime. Uh oh. Okay. Death. Death win. Death will always win in the end. Um, and what, 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 what they call it? Sudden death overtime. Yeah. 
I hope it's that. I'd rather it be that than like a long time in the hospital or some shit. A southern death would be good when it's time. And it'll be the right time, I'm sure. I, I'm not worried about it. I'm not afraid of it. Uh, but I'm enjoying life, and I would like to finish these projects. And uh, I've been playing a bit more lately. Um, and people around me who know me for a while, uh, they say I'm playing stronger than ever. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely more tired. My, again, I'm weaker in certain ways, but uh, uh, I need more recoup time after playing. But when I when it's time to play, I, I marshal the forces and uh, and I bring it and I play strong and hard if it need be. One of the dates I just did, which is another date that we got to finish. Lord knows that's going to be a lot of work. Just listening, just waiting through it. It was two days of very intense recording done in Nashville. That was um, early May, about a month ago. Um, thanks to uh, Jeff Coffin. It's a great saxophonist, woodwind player, um, also a wonderful photographer. And more than that, uh, just a, a great human being, like just generous, compassionate, giving, um, sweet, funny, just beautiful cat. And anyway, he, he, he was able to get two days of uh, recording time at this state-of-the-art uh, studio. And so we did a, two days of recording there. Um, the first day was with um, three drummers. It was myself, Danny Gottlieb, my old buddy Danny. who was a great, great drummer, but probably rarely plays free, you know. It's part of my mission in life, too, to take these great musicians who maybe play normal. I don't even know what he's doing. Big band music. He plays with Disney. He does all kinds of stuff. He can do anything. You know, he's a professional, great professional musician. Um, and his wife, Beth, who's a percussionist. And three saxophones. And then the second day, um, these drummers came from Guinea. Um, Man, it's got uh, uh, Do, uh, they call him, and Ibro, uh, Mohammed Sise and Ibrahima Diobate. These guys were unbelievable. And they came in like two o'clock on the second day of recording and they blew the roof off the plane. And so, and then my buddy Clifford, who's been a big help as a percussionist, drummer percussionist, who lives in Nashville, who's been a big friend and ally to me, um, he joined us as well. So at one point, there was six drummers wow. and three horns. Wow. And these, uh, these guys, African cats, man, they, I mean, and it, it, it nearly killed me trying to keep up with them, man. Uh, yeah. You know, trying to keep, match their energy because they're young and strong and they play, they could play all day long, you know. Um, but they had beautiful tones. And, um, you know, I, I, and uh, it was, Totally free date, but I, I conceptually that you know they speak French as long as well as of course their their native tongue, which I think is called Sisu. Sisu. Um, it's from Guinea. They're from Guinea, but they live in Senegal, and and now they're in Nashville. You know, for a while they're doing some kind of exchange program. That's they got some you know grant to come over and um, do some things, do workshops and recordings and things. Um, so these guys, man, it's like, wow. Anyway, so, uh, you know, I, I don't have much, I, really, I, I have a little bit of Spanish and pretty much no French. Um, so, <laughs> but there was a woman who's been uh, uh, 
kind of helping them out and speaks French fluently. So I had her translate. I said, well, I think uh, the conception that we're trying to get at is that uh, it's like a, a, like a conversation. Like I, I say, and you say, and another guy's like, and we, we're just talking like right. a conversation. And, and I said, and if a time or a groove emerges, that'll happen later organically, like maybe two minutes in. Maybe it'll fall in the so-called time, you know. But let's just start like talking with each other, and that's what we did. It was, and they got that, you know. It was beautiful, and they were they were smiling. But I remember after an hour or two with them, I was trying to remember some French to say, um, 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 you're killing me here, you're killing me. I said, uh, uh, je suis très fatigué. I guess that, you know, I'm very tired, man. I'm old, I'm tired. And they just smiled at me and kept playing, man. <laughs> These guys. Anyway, I was back in Nashville just on uh, Monday to have some tooth work done. Um, I need some very extensive uh, major tooth work done. And uh, the dentist that I found here in Memphis wanted to charge me quite a bit that I couldn't afford it, but it was important to get it done. It was right in the front of my mouth, make it difficult to eat. Um, anyway, Jeff Kaufman like, uh, hooked me up with his dentist who's doing it for very, doing this incredible work for very little, but I have to drive down uh, over to, uh, to Nashville, about three hour, a little over three hour drive. And it's, it's fine, it's nice country go in there. So that, that's going to save me like thousands of dollars to do it. And so I was there getting some dental work. And I went out to dinner with, uh, with Jeff and his wife, uh, Lioko, and, uh, and one of the African cats, Ibro. And he brought his uh, Dusanguni with him, that string instrument, you know, that Don Cherry used to play. And we had a cookout and he was playing it. It was a very beautiful evening. Uh, really beautiful people, great drum spirits. And so that's another recording that uh, hopefully will come to light. And, and also, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Jeff do a lot of it. And maybe I think he has a label, so if he wants to put it out on on his label and save me some time and bread uh, of putting it out on Rock Alarm Records, I'm cool with that too. Uh, I trust him to do a good job. But but also, I'm happy to go to Nashville. He's got a lovely house. Uh, stay with him. His his wife planted all this amazing trees it's just like a beautiful garden and there's always wind chimes and things it's just a pleasure to be there yeah. they eat very healthy everything it's like a work of art and there she's a healer she does a different kind of uh, meditation healing and anyway uh yeah so you know what uh, he's a busy cat but when he has some time um, I'll go down there and help him mix and edit that stuff. Mostly edit, you know, just pick out the the real best. But I, that's another one that could be like a double or a triple uh, record. I also just heard from Tasiji. We did this recording um, last January. It was around my birthday time. It was like my birthday present to myself. And we recorded in a studio in Virginia because that's where Tasiji is. And that was a fantastic date. Um, 
and, and I, I think that's going to be a triple CD, man, which I couldn't even wow. believe it. Um, I, I, we weren't in the studio that long. So uh, that means pretty much everything we played was, was powerful. And I do remember it that way. And that date was amazing because we had people come from all over um, with no, for no money, just came because it was important for love, just for love uh, and appreciation of what Tasiji's doing. And um, we, we had my dear friend Audra, we call her uh, Hewitt, uh, Audra Menconi. She's a great, great drummer, came who, who loves Tasiji and is a student of mine, was a student of mine, um, but we never played together. Like um, she came from uh, um, San Antonio, uh, this young bass player that's a beautiful cat, uh, Josh uh, Weinstein, who now we call him uh, Adi Budarma. He got a spiritual name now, came. Uh, Michael Atkins from Mississippi. Great saxophone player who I've been playing with some. Uh, came uh, Modesky, John Modesky came down from upstate New York. Uh, Don Pate came from New York. Uh, came from, I came from Memphis, uh, which, by the way, to that, to that area of Virginia, is a, it's about a 14-hour drive. It's not close. And I, I didn't fly. I drove because I wanted to have, I wanted to have my own drums. Yeah. for that date you know uh studio set wasn't going to cut it because it, sure. you know it's not my sound and so uh anyway uh apparently according to, to cg it's a very very powerful date and everybody played and got to be heard and in, in yeah. fact there was a, a bunch of uh double drum duets with me and a few of them um we had never done that before and to cg felt that the need at one point he said i think I think you all want to play a duet together, don't you? I said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and uh, I thought we played 10 minutes. I, I think it turns out it was about a half hour. Wow. And nobody came in to stop us or interrupt. I kept thinking somebody's going to come in and go, hey, 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 it's enough. Because yeah. all these great people came from all over, and they were just sitting in the control room listening. And they were all digging it. Nobody came in to stop us. Now, I, I imagine that will get edited down a bit, you know, uh, probably it should be. But um, he said that happened a couple of times where the band stopped, but the drums kept going. And I said to CJ, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry. And he goes, no, 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 man, it was great. And you needed it. And it was true. And, you know, to CJ is so psychically aware, you know, being not just, the, uh, you know, he's the greatest musician I've ever heard. And I've heard Coltrane and all the people and, uh, and that's the least of what he is. That's the ironic or amazing thing. The most important thing is that he's a, he's a fully realized spiritual master who just happens to be the baddest guitar player I ever heard and I'll play with, you know. Um, but he's, he's, he's so psychically attuned that he, when Audra first came in, he, he could read her perfectly. Um, she was in... Uh, um, Oh, we got some thunder coming. Wow. Yes. Uh, we got some. She was uh, in deferential mode, you know, because uh, I'm her elder. She was my student. Um, she looks up to Tsiji as well as a teacher, as a guru. Playing with Tsiji for the first time can be intimidating because it's not that he is intimidating. He's sweet and down to earth, but just his presence is so powerful. It's like Coltrane kind of that kind of vibe of just deep, deep 
spiritual waters, you know, deep waters, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he could sense that she was in that kind of deferential mode, you know. And so he came up to her before we started. He said, he said, I feel it. I want you to lead the drum section. You're the leader on the drums. Rakalam is going to follow you. Are you cool with that? And she and she just this huge smile came on her face. You know, it was like her validation. She needed to hear that. And, and Lord, she played her butt off. Man, she played. So uh, I'm really looking forward to, you know, to CG calls me almost every day, uh, giving me a report on that one. And that one's going to come out at some point, a, tri a triple CD. I mean, I, I don't even know. But and, and the title of that one is called Vanquishing Gods and Demons. And uh, Tsiji doesn't overhype the music. His titles are very realistic to what the music is, very a realistic representation. So that'll give you some idea of the power of the date, vanquishing gods and demons. Every time he tells me that, I go like, oh, Lord, I can't, I can't even believe that, man. Uh, yeah, I want to hear that, man. Yeah, yeah. Modeski was on that. And, and, you know, he wasn't that happy uh, with the piano. It wasn't the greatest piano. It was a grand piano, but it was... Uh, was but he played he played the hell out of it you know and and just that he came all the way down there to do it it was beautiful all these great players came some young some older some who had been with to cg many times like like about me like don pate um like Modeski, uh some who were new to him like michael atkins i hewitt um uh, uh josh ali ali budarma so it was a good mix it was it was the new people did well, but it was also good that the older people were there to to set the example, you know, to 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 show them what what was necessary and and the level that they needed to be um, the, to join us, you know, because you can't come into a date weak or or apologetic or like that you, you like you feel like you don't belong there or or you're going to be too polite. That that was the only in, instructions that Tsiji had for anybody. There was no charts, no no musical discussion, zero. The only thing he said beforehand, besides that personal thing he said to to Audra, and I, I'm I only heard it because he really was just to her. But I happened to be close by, so I heard him say like, you know, you lead the drum section, and this big smile came on her face. You know, um, but the, what he said to the whole group was, "Don't hold back. Let it all out." don't hold anything back and that's very important when you play with Tsiji that you don't hold anything back you know because um, then you'd be holding the music back if you do that you know you got to play you got to really play and if you're not ready to really play better not to play better lay out you know yeah so so that's another one and then on the, and then there's another one that we did with this drummer from Denmark, Creston, that, that uh, Tsiji uh, let Creston take care of it. So it's some, he's putting it out. I guess he has his own label in Denmark. And that's supposed to come out in a week or two. I forget what the title of that one is called. That was a powerful day. Two drummers and Tsiji recorded in another studio in Virginia, in Richmond, Virginia. His name is Creston Osgood. And beautiful cat, big dude, but plays, um, yeah. So that, and oh, Tassiji would say three drummers. 
because Tsiji never admits to being a, a guitar player. He always says, I don't know anything about the guitar. I'm a drummer. Because he, you know, he started as a conguero, um, kind of genius, prodigy conguero player, Puerto Rican by blood. And um, you have all the drummers, uh, you know, he's, I, I, I never, he, I rarely ever hear him play drums, but he's the greatest drummer I've played with too. I can hear that. He, he calls a guitar. He said, that's my six string drum, you know. Yeah. So that was like basically three drummers. That's a very powerful date. Huge for three of us, just guitar, two drums. I mean, it's immense. The music is incredible. So that's another date that I, I feel really good about. So I, I feel very happy, man, very blessed that, um, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, life is um, problem solving. You know, and when you get to old age and you have uh, health health issues, um, you know, you, uh, there's a lot you got to so try to solve those health issues and and deal with medical bureaucracy and you know trying to afford medicines and trips to this doctor, that doctor, and stuff. So there's a lot of maintenance and basically like again problem solving. But in between that, um, I get to have these. Uh, moments or days uh, of absolute exaltation, uh, you know, and, and transcendence and uh, the spiritual uh, awakening and liberation and, and radiant light through sound, you know, with great people and also be part of the liberation process uh, for other peeps. Whereas Tsiji has been my main liberator, teacher, guru, whatever word you want to put on it. Um, to a certain extent, uh, I, I'm no master, but I, I'm certainly one who will share the light that I've received. It's, it's my duty and obligation um, to share the, what the, the light I've been blessed to receive with others and help with their liberation process. And there's, uh, um, so like some, you know, like someone like Danny and Beth, um, they don't get to play free that much. And you, you should have seen, they were so happy. Yeah, yeah. They were so happy. I, I did some gigs in Spain with my boy Javier. That's another record that just came out called uh, uh, Realismo Magico, I mean, Magic Realism with Javier Bercher, beautiful saxophone player who reminds me a lot of Jim Pepper uh, or, or Pharaoh. He's another one of them soul, soul players, but a, a free player, but a soul sound and a beautiful cat and is becoming a yogi in his own, in his own right. Um, and anyway, we, he, he did some gigs where he booked some gigs with a group. Um, the record that just came out is a duo record, but we also did some gigs in Spain with um, these guys, these flamenco musicians. One guy was a bass player. Um, Caminero, they called him, and uh, the bass, uh, the the percussion guy, Bandolero, uh, and then also this guitar player from Africa, Lionel Leo Loiki, uh, who's been playing with Herbie Hancock and all these cats. Um, and and none of them, except uh, Javier, has plays free a lot, but not these cats. They don't usually play free. And the the flamenco stuff, which is it's great music, man. I mean, it's soulful, it's powerful, but it's also very specific, very cultural, and it's very exact, you know. Um, I remember then they, they said to me at first, they were a little apprehensive. They said, well, we, we don't play free. We don't know how to do that, you know. 
And I told him, I said, oh, no, 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 you, you just, just watch me. You'll be fine. It'll be great. Within 20 minutes, these guys was flying, man. And, and, and they would look so happy playing that way. Like, it was like children who were let out of school. You know how they look when they let, okay, school's out. Go out. Go out it's a beautiful day. Go outside and play. Uh, that's what they were like. And the bass player, who was a virtuoso bass player um, with a bow and everything, classical trained, you know, because Javier chose to play um, mostly my melodies, which are these free open melodies, you know. And the guy was looking at my little chart of this melody and he was nailing it, you know. And I said, no, 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 don't look at the melody. Don't look at the paper. Look at me. Look at the drums. Tune, tune in to my rhythm. Uh, which is going to be a rubato rhythm, no time, and brand new on the spot. And he started watching me. Oh man, it started flying. But he was such a badass that he would also, his one eye was like glancing at the chart too. And he was nailing the melodies and he had these foot pedals. So he was doing them in octaves and harmonizing them and stuff. So he was killing these melodies at the same time he tuned in to this kind of free rhythm dance he tuned into my way of drumming and the and the percussionist bandolero he he was reminding me of he was playing mostly all of his stuff with hands his hands were strong he, uh, like the cajon was his main instrument but he had a bunch of other hand drums and this guy he reminded he started he reminded me of Elvin. He was playing so this huge smile. They were so happy to play that way. And the same, I felt that just recently with Danny Gottlieb and Beth. Um, they just don't get a chance to do it. Yeah. And and I understand why. There's no money in it, you know, especially yeah. in America. Sure. And people are busy making money and surviving and you know, doing the music that people are used to hearing and people want to hear, and um, I understand it. Um, but for me, there's no turning back. I mean, I'm already, I'm not getting any gigs anyway. If I get a gig now, it's to play free for the most part. I did one in Germany, uh, you know, about six months ago, where where it wasn't. I had, they wanted me to play like big band stuff, uh, Jocko music, um, with this bass player that is very strong player, Jurgen Attig, and he plays a lot like Jocko. He's got the Jocko thing down. And it was great to hear those charts, you know, all the charts from uh, that record, Word of Mouth. But I'd be honest, I didn't feel that comfortable playing that way. You know, I felt more like um, I'm a show drummer now, you know. Um, and I have, the, I say that with utmost respect for the show drummers, but it's not what I've been put on the planet to do. I, I'm more about, let's just go with the first sound somebody plays a sound or a melody and we just go from there free open um, but I did my best I think I did okay you know uh, sure you uh, if if I if I have to do normal music again I, I do my best uh, uh, one of the one of the cats that I've been helping he, he came to me to, to help be liberated is a beautiful saxophone player named Art Ed Mason he's a Memphis cat and he's very much a gigging musician. I mean, he's gigging like two gigs a day, pretty much every day. Uh, he does brunch gigs, you know, he's kind of hooked up. And they play standards, they play blues, they play R&B, you know. This, and, and I'm sure mostly really high level with some really great players, you know. He's a wonderful player, man. But he came to my house to, he wanted to, to, to play free, to play open. And he's, oh, he's 
he's great, man. And, and he's also become a spiritual practitioner. He's been buying some of Tasiji's books and he's really getting into it. He's been a great friend and ally and has opened up some uh, people in Memphis for me to play with, which is wonderful. Yeah. So Art's another one that, you know, comes over to play with me so we can go from zero and not worry about tunes and stuff. But anyway, he got he got me, the last normal music that I played was a New Year's Eve gig. He got me a New Year's Eve. He was like sheepish about even calling me like, would you do this? I said, well, yeah, sure. I, I you know, I, I could use a gig and I, I could use the money for sure. And uh, it paid $500 and it was at a casino in Mississippi. Because, wow. you know, I'm very close. I, Memphis is very close to Mississippi. I'm mean, right across the line. Uh, Arkansas, too. You just go across the bridge and you're in Arkansas. So uh, that was a wild gig, just getting there because you're driving through rural Mississippi, which is really the boondocks. It's really country, yeah. country, country. And then out of, some, out of nowhere, you see like uh, this huge Las Vegas style buildings <laughs> pop up and on a New Year's Eve, you know, like... 800 slot machines and, and you know, giant TV screens because they're doing sports betting and roulette wheels and giant buffet things. And the, and the women dressed to kill, like dressed in the most sexy outfits and uh, and people smoking cigarettes indoors and no masks. I thought, wow, I, I, I went back to the 50s here. Man. But anyway, you know, we were playing like uh, uh, standards. Um, and blues and stuff. Uh, and, you know, and I, I said, I hope I'm okay. Because, again, I don't play that way anymore. And they, and they said, oh, no, you sound great doing it. So, you know, I guess I still can do it if I, if I have to. But I know, you know, I don't mind. I, I, it's great, you know, especially with someone like that, like Art. All the cats in the band were very good. You know, Art, when he played um, straight ahead stuff, he reminded me of kind of Gene Ammons. He had that deep, big, warm, bluesy, soulful sound. And he's uh, a great free player, too. Um, so, you know, most of the time when people call me to play, you know, these days it's to play open, free, the way that I play. So um, I don't play that often, but um, they tend to be very magical and uh, very special. And... Uh, I've been playing a little more lately than before, and I, I appreciate that. I'm really grateful for that. People have been very kind to me uh, um, as I get older. I think. And that's people who know me, of course, you know, call, call up to check out, how you doing, man? How's your health? You okay? You know, and then also just people, strangers. You know, I find that strangers are generally kind to old folks and babies, right? And I'm kind of both at the same time. I'm both an old folk and a baby. So people have been very, very kind to go out of the way. You know, my son took me to a basketball game. He came down to Memphis. He's coming again in July to help me and hang out. Um, he took me to a Grizzlies game. It was great. And, and at this point, you know, I take a wheelchair. So it was a you know, sweet black lady with dreadlocks would drive me around and, and I said, yeah, I can get used to this. And I was joking with her and, and she was cool. She was funny, funny lady. And, um, so life is good, man. I'm, I feel very blessed. We can get a lot of love from people and people have been very kind and very generous and spirits been taking care of me one way or the other, like just like finding this dentist, you know, who's kind of an angel of mercy. Because, um, yeah, 
that, you know, they want to charge me like six grand to, to do this work. You know, I can't afford that. So um, anyway, uh, yeah, I feel very lucky, very blessed. So, you know, I guess I must have done a few good things, some good things yeah, in life so much, to, uh, so much, man, and you're still to get some. It. What's that? Uh, so you've contributed so much and you're still doing it, you know? Well, oh, thank you, man. I'm glad, I'm glad you think so. Yeah, I th if I remember, you know, I was maybe it was to a small extent part of your liberation process too, you know, yeah, to, to play, here, you know, freer and not necessarily the, the standard, the jazz repertoire, which you can still do. I mean, there's no, nothing against that, but to, to, to put it aside for, for a while <laughs> and see, see what comes out, look, look inward, find, and uh, I, I find that the, the most healing way to play. And the, that's why I do it because it's, uh, it's, it's instead of a karma wallowing, it's karma burning. And that's what spiritual practice basically is, is burning, burning karma, uh, freeing yourself of karma you know, by burning through it, not by ignoring it or pretending it doesn't exist, but by dealing with it and burning it up, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. 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 Well, man, this has been a, a beautiful, it's been beautiful having you talk and say all these great things. Can you get closer to your mic? I'm yeah, having yeah, a hard sorry. time, time to, or turn your volume up a little bit. I have up. a hard yeah, time hearing you. Yeah, let me turn it up a little. How's that? The That's better. better. That's yeah. better. Yeah, Thank yeah. You. It's been it's beautiful hearing you talk about all these things. I, I'm sure people are going to love hearing. I love hearing about all your projects and the fact that you're just so involved in so many things and the creativity. And I know from here, you sent me some videos recently of yourself just playing some drums in your home there. It's great, you know. And uh, I want to hear more. I want to find out when we get off the, the thing here. I want to talk to you about how I can find out about all these recordings you're talking about. So, yeah, yeah. So. Well, again, like almost all of them are up on Bandcamp now. Yeah, um, yeah. If, again, if you write me with your address, yeah, I'll, send you, I'll send you some, man. I feel, you know, happy, happy to do that. Yeah, I, yeah. I'd like you to hear the one with the piano player with Roloffs, man, because it's, re it's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So, well, man, I think I think um, I think we should wrap this up, but I think we should do this again because we've been going about an hour already. Okay, sure. Wrap this one up, and then I think we should do it again in a week, couple week or a couple weeks or so. Maybe we have another conversation. And All right, I'm I, different to talk about. You know? Sure, but, uh, I, but this I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'm yeah. I'm hope I'm glad that's uh, like I say. Is is it aqueduct for your purposes? <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful man. <laughs> Anyway, this is the great Rock Along Bob Moses. Happy to have you here, Bob. And uh, I look forward to, to talking to you again. Uh, maybe we'll do this again real soon. Well, thank you so much, Keith, man. You're a beautiful soul, beautiful spirit. And I say, send my love to any and all uh, aspiring uh, humans who may also be musicians um, uh, who might listen to this. Uh, I encourage you to, to live the music, not just study it, but live it. Yeah. And and be true to yourself, and look inward, and find your own um, genius and your own vision. Um, it's important that people do that. That's my encouragement to people: uh, is to look inward and find your own unique uh, voice and reason for playing. You know that that sets you apart from everybody everybody else. And so uh, um, that's my encouragement. But mostly that you that you uh, stay. Uh, 
healthy and uh, on the spirit path. We're all on the spirit path. So uh, remember that and remember that we're, uh, uh, we're all guided by divine light. Um, and, and, and let that be, uh, you know, central to your music, uh, I would hope. Yeah. So that's, that's my wish for, your, for everybody. Thank you. Love always. Thank you. Thank you. Love always. <laughs>